Hey, Dad, how you doing? Good. How are you? Well, good. This is uh, Jim English, and welcome to the Who Gives a Shit File. And we got Matt English talking a little college football. And Matt played football at Corona Del Mar High School and won a championship. And during his years, he got the unique privilege to play just about every position. He was a tight end. He was an all-league tight end, played safety as a sophomore, played quarterback, played DN, played linebacker. So he knows offensive defense. And he even got to coach there after his high school years were done. So the guy knows college. The guy knows football, and he knows college football. So hopefully this can turn into a weekly podcast to get an update. And, Matt, why don't you tell us about our – college football and your top your top rated teams yeah so as my top 10 preseason rankings obviously as the season goes around these rankings will shift and change and everything like that but just going to give you my perspective um based off of you know what teams were like last year you know every team or every newspaper organization or whatever has their preseason poll um, so this one is mine. So we'll, we'll start off at the top. Um, the number one team is the University of Alabama. And, you know, they, they might not necessarily have the most coming back next year or, you know, a, a particular reason why you should put them number one like, like teams should have. But, you know, over the years, Nick Saban has – been given the benefit of the doubt the guy sorry go ahead i was going to say in you know he's earned it do you do you have any historical stats about how he's done in the past yes i do so you know nick saban came along in 2008 and if you have been a player at the university of alabama if you stayed for four years during nick saban's tenure you guaranteed won a national championship most players that even stayed two years were guaranteed to have won a national championship. He has six national championships at University of Alabama since 2008, seven in total. The rest of the coaches combined in Division I football, 129 coaches have a combined six national championships. So that is uh, astounding. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's and got. Did, I mean, to, to have that as like a recruiting enticement is huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's won three titles in three different decades. He's putting record number of people into the NFL draft and not just the NFL draft, but you know, the first second round of the NFL draft where, where, you know, you make life changing money for, for, you know, a 21 to 22 year old. So, he gets the benefit of the doubt, especially coming off of last year, how, how epic and insanely good that team was, um, especially offensively. How do you think he does this? How does he do this year after year? Well, the thing about Nick Saban is, is he's, always, he's always surveying the landscape of college football, regardless of how well he's doing. He's always looking in other areas of, of the country to see how he can improve. So, you know, the thing with Nick Saban is if you're on his coaching staff, you're, you're probably not on his coaching staff for, for very long. He gets guys in. He gets their perspective. 
he um, incorporates some of the, you know, things that these coaches bring and, you know, they're usually shipped off real quickly after. I mean, there's, there's tons of examples from Lane Kiffin to, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, Mario Cristobal, Kirby Smart, um, Jimbo Fisher over at Texas A&M. And uh, Bill O'Brien's going to be coming in. He'll be the offensive coordinator for for them. So it should be a new new offense put together for him. But um, to get back, you know, there to to talk about the 2021 season, looking forward for Alabama. You know, they're they're going to be light offensively in terms of, of returning talent. Um, you know, I think it's going to be tough early on for them offensively. I think they'll have to lean on their their defense a little bit. They've got Bryce Young, um, who will be a first-year starter. He was a five-star prospect out of Southern California entering his sophomore season. Played a little bit in, in garbage time and, and showed signs of, you know, being, being a really good, you know, player for them. So we'll, we'll see how he pans out. But I think you got to put them at, at number one. Orange County boy, right? Uh, no, he's an LA County boy, but he played at Modern Day High School, which oh, is in Orange County. So, <laughs> so they recruited him, huh? Uh, I don't. I, I think Modern Day recruits itself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, okay. So, who's who's next up? So, number two, I am putting the University of Oklahoma. Oh. Um, you know, I think we all know what. Oklahoma is known for Lincoln Riley is is offense um, and quarterback specifically and they should have a great offense coming back they got seven offensive starters coming back including Spencer Rattler who some say might be the number one pick in the draft um, next year so you know he threw for about 3,000 yards last year really started clicking towards the end of the season and he's got a good amount of weapons um, coming back for him with, you know, the, one of the best play callers we've ever seen in Lincoln Riley drawing and, up plays for him. So, and didn't they lose? They lost two early last year, right? Two games early. They did. They did, and they really started gelling towards the end of the season. Um, you know, I think the the narrative with Oklahoma has always been, you know, they're they're not very good defensively. You know, they'll they'll put a ton of points up on the board and, you know, but when it comes to playing, you know, the top in the SEC or or the big 10 or whatever it is, you know, they seem to fall short on on defense. And so that's created a narrative and and rightfully so, but next year, I I think this team will, will smash that narrative. Um, Got a lot of, a lot of firepower coming back, you know, especially in the front seven, they should have a great front seven. There is some questions in the secondary, but, um, you know, Oklahoma's always recruiting very well, so they should be able to fill those voids very quickly. They also did really well in the transfer portal. Oh, they did? They, they did. They got three guys from Tennessee um, at various Ooh, different positions. Ouch. All of them should should start for them. So, you know, that's something that really has – you know, I think in the past five years has, has been really important is, is getting good talent out of the transfer for, portal, you know, being able to find that one missing piece that, that you need, especially in, you know, the game of college football where literally one play in a national championship game, one play in a conference championship game could, could make the difference. And, you know, getting that, that right guy in that position in the transfer portal could 
puts you over the edge. So Lincoln Riley did a great job in the transfer portal. That's why I have them uh, at number two. Boy, that sure speaks to the culture and the mess that Tennessee is right now. Yeah, that's we could have a whole podcast in itself on on <laughs> on that. All right, uh, who's number three? Number three, we got University of Georgia. Whoa, we got big Georgia. surprise. I, you know, I, I I've seen them on different ratings. Oh, you know, out of the top five, which which I think is is ridiculous. I think it's crazy. Um, you know, their their offense towards the end of last year, once, once JT Daniels, the quarterback really stepped in, really started to click. JT was a transfer from, from USC. He had a, a bad knee injury and was installed in the offense about halfway through the season. Um, the last four games of the season, he, they plugged him in and he was over 1200 yards passing 10 TDs and two interceptions. And, then something that stuck out about JT was was how good of a third down thrower he was. He was phenomenal. So um, he was also yeah. he he too is an orange. Well, he too is a modern day kid. He's a modern day guy. He's a modern day guy. Maybe one of the best uh, we've ever seen out here. Great talent. Uh, you know, I think he will really shoot him his way up the the um, NFL draft rankings. And uh, he, so, you know, he, it's second year of, of Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator. He came in um, in 2020 and it's really hard to install an offense, especially in a global pandemic. Yeah. Year one where you, you can't really, you know, you're, you're not even meeting face to face with, with the whole offense, you know, everyone's doing zoom and everything like that. So I think that really created, um, you know, a challenge, and, and I think we'll, we'll get over that hill this year with uh, Todd Munkin settling in second year in the system. So two out of three of your quarterbacks so far from modern day. That's correct. That's correct. Very, uh, <laughs> very That speaks impressive. to modern day football, huh, in the Trinity League in Orange County? It does. It does. Um, so who – I'm sorry – so so Georgia, yeah. So Georgia, I see, is ranked. I've got college football rankings here, and they're ranked number nine. That's and, crazy. That's, yeah, that's well, crazy. Yeah, and I think that's because of their schedule, and they were nine that's, and two last uh, year. That's I, I I question that because besides Clemson on their schedule week one, which is you know obviously Clemson is is a power and, and this will be a, a game that has a lot of um, effect, you know, in the college football rankings and, and what happens later on in the postseason. but they, they really have a favorable schedule. Um, they do. They to, yeah. They don't have to play A&M. They don't have to play Bama. Don't have to play oh. LSU. Um, oh yeah. I, I think if, you know, I think if they beat Clemson, um, the chances of them going undefeated in the sec West, I, I think is pretty high um i would i would take them um you know one or one loss or no loss at the end of the season oh wow so okay so now we're at four or five four four so that was georgia number four we got clemson so we four playing each other the first 
the first uh, game of the year, right? Yep. yep. September fourth site. Uh, I believe so. I might have to double check. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, I checked it out. September fourth. Gotcha. Um, yep. So yeah, we got Clemson four. You know, we're. It's hard to replace Trevor Lawrence. You know, the guy might be one of the greatest talents we've ever seen in in college football history. Um, I actually don't even think there's any doubt about that. The, the guy is was unbelievable. Was you know, just just the man at Clemson for for three years, and you know it's it's tough to fill that void. But I think if there's anyone that's going to be able to do it, it's DJ Uangalalai. Um, you heard that you heard that name, DJ Uangalalai. Okay, <laughs> I would. So get, we're going to have to learn to pronounce that, huh? I would get used to pronouncing that. I, I think he's he's the number one future number one pick in the NFL draft after the end of next year the guy's an un- unreal talent about 6'4 6'5 250 pounds looks like a defensive end has a rocket ship arm can make all the throws um you know fits the ball in tight windows puts touch on it you know he's he's really a phenomenal talent also he's he's um you know he's a great guy in the locker room very level-headed and so Trevor Lawrence, actually, he was out for about two games this year during COVID. And DJ filled in uh, and threw in two games, threw for 914 yards, five touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Whoa. And one, yep, Whoa. That's as a freshman, true freshman, including a game against Notre Dame where it was on the road. This is maybe the biggest game in Notre Dame history, maybe not Notre Dame history, but in a very long time. Yeah, it's recent th- history for sure. Throws for over over 400 yards and um, play, plays unreal, plays unreal. And didn't he – he threw for more yards in, against Notre Dame than anybody in history? That's correct. That's correct as a true freshman. So let's, let's stop there for a second and think about this. So Notre Dame has had a hundred years of excellent tradition. So many big games with so many players with so many, you know, quarterbacks against them that a freshman in his second game threw for more yards than anybody against Notre Dame in the history of their pro. Is that correct? That's That's correct. That Matt, that is staggering. It is. It is staggering. That's uh, no doubt about it. You know, freshmen. That doesn't happen with freshmen. It, it just doesn't. And so, for him to do that on, on that night was unbelievable. And it really gives us a glimpse into what we're looking at for the next two years, two to three years. But I, I would probably almost guarantee three or two years because he yeah, will, he will be uh, he'll come out early. And but, he too is a Trinity League player, right? He is. He is St. John Bosco. So, so he's another three, son in California. So three out of four quarterbacks are from the Trinity League. That on your in your top uh, in your top four player top four teams. Sorry. Yep, absolutely. And you know Clemson coming back. You know we we've been talking a lot of just about DJ, but to 
speak about the whole team coming back. Offensively, there are some question marks. You know, they're going to have a lot of talent at receiver. and um, But, you know, they, they're – a lot of question marks on the, on the offensive line coming back, you know, you, you obviously need to be able to, you know, have, you know, a sturdy offensive line. If, if you yeah, want to get you protect DJ, them. if you yeah. want to protect DJ. So, you know, is there, it, there, there is, are some questions. Sorry. So, oh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, so is it that they're, is it that they're just untested or, uh, you know, it's, are they, do they have returning starters or do they just have new people coming in? Yeah. So they, they've got um, five offensive starters coming back. They, they got to replace a lot up front. So it'll be tough for them. Yeah. Well, and it takes a while for the offensive line to gel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, you know, it might take them a while, like you said, but you know, defensively they got nine returning starters coming back. Lots of talent, especially up front um, on the defensive line. Should, should be a devastating defensive line that'll be able to rotate guys in and out as well. So, you know, they're, they're recruiting at such a high level. They've shown over the past, you know, five years that, you know, they're, they're the cream of the crop in, in college football. So, you know, they, they, they get the, the benefit of the doubt putting them in, in my top five, you know, even though wow. there are some question marks. Who's up next, Matt? So we got Ohio State. Uh-huh. Five. You know, they they have incredible talent, obviously. Ryan Day is recruiting at a very high level. But there are a lot of question marks. There, there really is. You know, they're replacing Justin Fields, who was an incredible quarterback for him for two years. C.J. Stroud is is supposedly going to step in we we don't know too much but that that's what we're assuming and hearing out of out of camp cj stroud another southern california guy as well is he um, really very talented guy yeah. where did he go to school uh i don't know but uh-huh. um so yeah you know they, they got question marks um offensively up front they're they are replacing a few guys you know they they do have good weapons good receivers chris Olave should be a top 10 pick in the draft next year so he should be a good good weapon for a first year starter at quarterback defensively though they they do have um a lot of questions secondary linebacker but you know ohio state they're they're gonna have four and five star guys plug in in those positions, so so you got to give them some sort of benefit of the doubt. You know they got Oregon uh, week two. They're playing that at home at Ohio State, Whoa. so that should work in their favor. But that'll be a really good test for them, especially for this young offensive line with uh, Oregon's uh, front seven coming in defensively, which is, which is really stout. So that should be one hell of a game and, and we'll be able to get a good, good, um, sense for how good Ohio state is week two. Who's up next. I love this. Yeah. So up next at number six, we got Iowa state. And <laughs> we got Iowa state. Oh, Matt. Let I, me I, see. I, Iowa yeah. state. Oh, they're ranked 10th. Wow. I, well, I tell think, us about Iowa State. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we start – I think it's start – it's time for people to start waking up to 
to Iowa State. This is not just a fluke, you know, season or, or a well-run team. This is a legitimate program. Um, you know, they they have an incredible coach, Matt Campbell. He's he's really shown that he can, you know, take two and three star guys and, and have them playing at the level of of four and five star guys. You know, they're they're consistently winning in the Big Ten. You know, they beat Oklahoma last year. They won convincingly against Oregon in a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, you know, they've got Brock Purdy and, and Brees Hall, who are Brock Purdy quarterback, Brees Hall running back, are, are both sleeper Heisman contenders. I, I think both guys will, will be NFL guys as well. And that's that's with 10 offensive starters coming back. So 10? 10 offensive starters, nine defensive starters. You know, I, I think I think there's a chip on their shoulder. I, you know, I think they this team sees an opportunity to, you know, show show the rest of the world that they can play on the level of the, you know, Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Alabamas. You know, I, I don't think they're quite there, but I, I think we will be able to tell. I mean, you know, they they got Oklahoma on their schedule. They play at Oklahoma, so you know, if if they can beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma late in the season, you know, I, I think they, you know, they, sh- they should be looked at as a, as a power. So I would be number six. Yeah. They'd be file uh, final four material. They I could think beat so. Them. Who's Absolutely. up next? So number seven, we got the university of Oregon. We got some Ooh, representation Oregon. in the, in the PAC 12. Um, you really? Know. So, because it, it, sorry to interrupt, but the rankings I'm looking at have them number 25. So, tell us about your rationale for Oregon being in the top 10. I, who is this ranking sites that you have? Because uh, it's just I'm college sorry. football ranking sites. Uh, you disagree I, with it. Yeah. I, are you sure you're not looking at the last year's rankings? Because I, 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 I think that's a terrible. Terrible placement. I don't. I think anyone that knows anything about college football would would put them in their at least top fifteen. Um, so tell us why. So I mean, you're you're you got Mario Cristobal, who's you know really settling into the job. He's finally got his guys. You know, his guys that he came in and recruited, and you know they're they're recruiting at a very high level. Um, nine offensive starters coming back seven defensive um i'll speak in the defensively the you know those seven starters are are incredibly talented you have Kayvon Thibodeau who a lot of people are are saying is the could be the number one pick in the draft next year um at defensive end he's he's without a doubt the top top pass rusher in the country you've got um you know, Mace Funa coming back, Noah Sewell, Justin Flo, who is highly recruited. Um, that's that's your front seven, and, and they're going to be really stout early on. Should be able to give Ohio State a, a really good test. And, um, you know, I, th- I think if they can get pressure on Ohio State's quarterback, whoever that may be, um, I think they could really do some damage and, and give them a – give them a run for their money. You know, they, they do have questions, you know, even though they do have nine offensive starters coming back. Wow. They're, yep. They're replacing their QB who there, there is some question mark. There's a freshman by the name of Ty Thompson 
who a lot of people say should be a great player, but maybe not freshman year. He, he'll be a true freshman and, you know, stepping up week two and against Ohio State. Uh, I don't know about that. As well as they had a Boston College transfer, a guy by the name of Anthony Brown, who was pretty solid at, at Boston College, but I don't think he's, he's shown – I don't think he's shown anything to, to say he could, you know, lead them to a national championship or anything like that. But in terms of talent, they'll, they'll be loaded. They'll be deep. And, uh, you know, I think they're, they're ready to, you know, kind of dispel this, this notion, this narrative that, you know, the PAC 12 is, is this weak conference. And it certainly has been weak over the past few years, but, you know, I think Oregon's got an opportunity to, to take a step up and, you know, we'll be able to see week two against, against Ohio State. That's a, uh, it's a hell of a matchup right there. That's a huge game, and, and I think that later on, after you get through your top ten, I, wanna, I want your prediction on who's going to win these really tight games that will dictate the direction of the season uh, early. So that's good. So, Oregon, who's after Oregon? Number eight, we got Texas A&M. Um, you know, I, Jimbo Fisher is, has proven that he's an elite level coach. He's, you know, recruiting at a, at a very high level. He's, he's doing a great job keeping a lot of that Texas talent in Texas, you know, keeping them away from the SEC, away from University of Texas, away from, you know, the Oklahomas of the world. Um, he's got six offensive starters coming back. Uh, he's got to replace Kellen Mond, who was a four-year starter. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Hayes King that looks to to be the guy to take that over. Not too much information on him. Um, so, you know, question mark at quarterback. Defensively, they should be pretty solid. They got nine, nine returning starters. Um, and, you know, they, like I said, they're, they're recruiting at a high level. So they, they should fill any voids that they have with, with very talented players, to say the least. They, they just have to play in the SEC. You yeah, know, they, that's the problem. A lot, of, a lot of how successful you are in the ACC is dictated by your schedule. Do you know anything about their schedule? I do. Um, you know, early on, they should be able to, to run, the, run the table. But the second half of the season, they have to play, not consecutive games in a row, but, you know, in the last six games of their season, they got to play Alabama, got to play Auburn. You got to play Old Miss, who I think a lot of people will sleep on Old Miss. I don't think anyone in the SEC is excited to play Old Miss, as well as at LSU. I think towards the end of the season or towards the last game of the season, so that's a tough stretch. I don't see them. You know, I, I think they drop one Alabama, and I could see them dropping another one of those games. So, um, you know, lots of talent. You know, always going to be in the mix. Always going to play. You know, these SEC teams tough. I just don't think – I just think it's too much of an uphill battle for, for them to, to be the big dog in the SEC. That's why I have them at number eight. Number nine. Number nine. This is going to be a little different from uh, your, your average college football ranking. I got uh, North Carolina. Really? Um, yep, I do. And I tell us Mac, why, please. I think Mac Brown has – has really done a good job in just kind of turning the ship there at North Carolina. And, you know, I think people are starting to wake up that, hey, this, you know, could be a football school. You know, they've got Sam Howell 
coming back at quarterback um, along with eight other offensive starters. So they, they should be pretty talented on, on the offensive side of the ball. Sam Howell um, should be a top five pick in the NFL draft next year. A lot of people compare him to, to Baker Mayfield um, oh. with a little stronger arm. And he's got five off- offensive linemen coming back with him. Ooh. So there's going to be continuity always... there. How about exactly. He's got some weapons on, you know, the wide receivers and skill position. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, as well as defensively, they should be, um, they should be stout. You know, they, they weren't great defensively last year, but they should take a step up because they have 10 returning defensive, defensive starters. So, um, you know, if anyone's going to dethrone, Clemson in the ACC, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's North Carolina, and I think they do. Um, I, you know, I don't think they will, but you know, I, I think they have got a good chance of, you know, being a, a one-loss team by the time they make it to the ACC championship game. They don't, they don't play Clemson during the season, which is always a plus, and so you know, I, I think they got some good things going, and, and you know that Mac Brown can coach. So. Yeah, so it, so when you look at the at the ACC, you know you've got the you know the king you know the top of the hill obviously with Clemson, and then that second spot is kind of up for grabs because Florida State hasn't done that well lately. Well, Notre Dame was was that is that team now, but you know they're they're the newcomers to the to the conference, but right. I think Notre Dame will, will probably take a step back next year. I don't, I don't have them in my top 10. Oh, I like it, Matt. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, um, number 10, another, another team that I think we, we need to take seriously is university of Cincinnati. They, you know, Luke fickle, their head coach has all he's done is just one, you know, since he's, since he's gotten there, he's just done nothing but win. And they're, they're really starting to dominate the AAC. They're, um, you know, they got eight, eight offensive starters coming back, seven defensive. You know, they, that's seven returning starters from a defense that was top 10 in, in scoring defense last year. So, you know, I think that's always, always a good sign. You know, they gave Georgia everything that they could handle last year in the, I think it was the Peach Bowl. I believe gave Georgia everything I could handle. I mean, this is, this is two or three star guys giving, you know, everything they can to four and five star guys, um, you know, with a team that, you know, I have ranked third coming back next year. So, um, you know, they, they got their QB back and I, you know, I, I think they dominate the AAC this year. And, you know, I think they, they go to a New Year's Six Bowl and do well, if not win. So I yeah, got Cincinnati so, at 10. Interesting. Okay, so that's your top 10. Yes. Let's talk a, uh, let's talk a couple of big games. Okay. So, you know, once again, September 4th, Clemson and Georgia. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there? Clemson, Georgia, you know, I, I think that's um, – first off, you know, you, you will – it'll be hard to find a game where there's going to be more talent on the football field, more NFL talent um, on one football field at, at one time. So um, just in that, I think you got, you know, some, some excitement. 
the, got tons of excitement. The, yeah, you do. The other thing too is, um, you know, we've been talking about all these Southern California quarterbacks playing, um, you know, for, for these top 10 teams. And this isn't the first time that JT Daniels and DJ Uangalai, um have faced off. They've faced off, I want to say, two to three times in high school playing um, for their respected programs at Modern Day and, and St. John Bosco in, in Southern California. So, Where um, is it? Is it a neutral site or? It's in Atlanta. Yeah, it's a, it's a neutral site. You know, I think, I, I think that Clemson will have a tough time handling um, Georgia's defensive line in front seven that they have coming back. And I think that will be the, the, I guess, deciding factor of the game. I think, you know, I think early on in the game, you're going to see two defenses or two offensive kind of feeling out the defenses and, and, you know, maybe, maybe not putting tons of points on the board, but I think second half you'll see a lot of good adjustments and the offenses will start taking off. I, you know, I, I say I see Georgia winning a, you know, a 24 or 28 to 24 type, type game um, where, you know, I, I think uh, JT Daniels is, is going to make a lot of big plays when, when times are needed. And I think that'll be the, the deciding factor. So that's, that's what I got. So you think uh, got, J, JT Daniels is going to make those third down plays, huh? Yeah, that's, that's what I think. Not, not to say that DJ can't make those plays, but um, I, I just like, I just like JT. He's got a ton of experience, um, you know, on the college football level. And um, that's, that's what I got. How about uh, Ohio state, Oregon, Ohio state, Oregon, you know, I kind of touched on that a little bit. You know, you, you got a new you got a new quarterback coming in for Ohio State and CJ Stroud. That's who they assume will, will be the quarterback. Um, and you know, CJ hasn't taken a a snap in college football. Never. So and is he a, one is he I'm sorry, is he pro style or dual option? He's a he's a dual option. You know, I think in today's age you kinda have to have a dual dual aspect to you. Um, but he can make all the throws or, you know, from, from what I've gathered. Uh-huh. Yeah. But um, I potentially see, uh, I potentially see the front seven of Oregon giving a new quarterback fits. I think so too. I think you're going to see Kayvon Thibodeau, the, you know, po- potential number one pick without a doubt that the top, defensive prospect um, coming into the season will be in the backfield all day. And, you know, if, if he can really get to CJ Stroud and, and kind of get his rhythm knocked off and, and really get in his head and, and have him seeing ghosts, you know, I, I think Oregon could, can make a difference. I really do. I, I, you know, I think they're, they're very strong defensively and that'll be tough for CJ. Um, with that being said though, I, I, you know, I think the lack of experience at quarterback for Oregon will be the downfall ultimately for them. Got a lot of weapons, a lot, a lot of talented guys, but, you know, you're playing week two at Ohio State, which is, 
you know, one of the most hostile envi- environments that you're going to play in. I, I, you know, I see a sloppy offensive game um, with like, a, you know, a, a 17 to 7 win for Ohio State where it's very sloppy in the first three to four quarters and you kind of see Ohio State talent-wise um, just be able to kind of put them over the edge and, and win the ball game for them. <laughs> And this may come quarter. down. This may come down to turnovers, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I see a. I see a lot of turnovers, and I see a sloppy game offensively for for both squads. Um, I, I just see Ohio State, you know, at home, being able to put them away. I also think that Ryan Day has a, a bit of a coaching edge over a Mario Cristobal. I think Mario Cristobal is a, a great coach, a great leader, a great recruiter. There are questions about his his in-game X's and O's and adjustments that he makes. So I, I go Ohio State in a um, sloppy, ugly, low-scoring ballgame. <laughs> I, I like your prediction. It's also, too, is, you know, the last couple of years, the Pac-12 has not done well in these big games in the beginning no. of the year. So historically, I can understand what you're saying. So you got any other big games in the – beginning of the season yeah there's um we got michigan washington Ooh. so that's washington playing at michigan that was supposed to be at washington last year and obviously with covid that that got derailed you know i think there's a lot of question marks in this game um you know jimmy lake's taken over for for chris peterson you know, last year was, was technically his first year, but, you know, with a COVID year and the Pac-12 was, was quirky with their scheduling. And I don't, I don't think it gave us really any insight into, you know, what the, what the Jimmy, look, Jimmy Lake era is going to look like for Washington. With that being said, Washington does have some talented players. They've, they've been recruiting um, probably in a top 15 type level for the past four to five years. So, you know, they're going to have some talent up there at, at new dub going into Michigan, you know, and Michigan's got a lot of question marks. I, I think people are um, up to here with, with Jim Harbaugh and, you know, that I think they, you know, they're tired of, of seeing these embarrassing losses to, to Ohio state and, you know, losing to some of these teams that they should be beating and so that, that'll be an interesting game. I, you know, I, I don't really have a good sense for, for how this is going to go just based off of all those question marks in itself. I'm, I'm probably going to give Michigan an edge at home um, early on in the season. Got it. And any other big games before we get to some other predictions? You know, I, I, think, I think you got your – your, you know, USC Notre Dame's late in the season, um, you know, big games. Uh, you know, you, you got obviously your, your SEC matchups, you know, that you see every year. Um, but you know, I, th- I think that kind of covers it in the in the really big out of out of conference matchups. So, okay, let's talk a little Heisman here. Okay, okay. so yeah. what do they have? what four people go to New York, right? No, there's not a set number of people that go. Oh, I think I see. it's okay. a set number of votes that, um, I think it's a set number of votes that you get to determine if you go or not. Who do you think will go to New York? 
who will be the finalists? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I put my number one probably, I guess, the number one guy I, I would have to say would be Spencer Rattler, uh, quarterback for University of Oklahoma. 3,000-yard guy, had almost 30 touchdowns last year with, with seven picks. Um, you know, a freakish talent. You know, a lot of people say he's, he's Patrick Mahomes-like with some of the plays that he can make. And, you know, he, he's got Lincoln Riley, who, uh, who's been known to um, turn people into Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah, he has. <laughs> he's been known I mean, for that. Yeah, I mean, Baker Mayfield was an obscure player, and all of right. a sudden he wins the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, you know, you get your, your Johnny Manziels and your yeah. Kyler Murrays. And, you know, I think Spencer Rattler is probably the most talented guy Lincoln Riley's ever had. So I, I think I put them at number one or him at number one. So you think um, he's going to win it? I, that's, I, I don't think he's going to win it. I think you, I think based off of everything that we know now from last year, I think he, you have to put him as your top front runner. Uh-huh. I think number the number two guy um, who I have will, will win it, and that's JT Daniels, quarterback of, of University of Georgia. I think in the, the four games that we saw him last year, over 1,200 yards, uh, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, you know, really effective on third down, really just made the offense so much more dynamic. It was, you know, as soon as he stepped into the position, you know, it it totally changed the momentum of the offensive, you know, of the offense and and how they were calling plays. So, you know, I think he's just going to take another step up. So you think he's the man, huh? I think he's the man. I think you see a very similar situation to, to Joe Burrow in, in 2019 where, you know, you, you know, didn't work at your first spot, USC, you know, there was, there was some drama, some injuries, whatever it is, you've kind of found that perfect fit. And, you know, there's all these different factors that are kind of working in in your favor. That being, you know, the, the talent that you have on offense, as well as Todd Munkin and in the second year of his system, I like JT Daniels winning, winning it. I, I think he's such a talent and, um, you know, I, I, I like him winning the, the Heisman. How about DJ? Is he going to go to uh, New York, you think? Yes, he's actually my third guy. Um, uh-huh. You know, I, I think I think he, you know, I, I would almost put money that he will win a Heisman um, at some point. I, you know, I, I have questions about Clemson's offensive line in, in front seven, but he's so talented that, you know, you – I think he's just going to will his way in, into his seat in New York. He's just this huge talent, can make every sort of throw, um, you know, can throw the ball a, a mile. I mean, it, it, you know, just unbelievable arm strength. The, the talent really pops up, pops off, you know, off, off the TV screen. So I put him at number three and obviously, uh, you know, Clemson quarterbacks always going to be in the mix. So for your for your final four, you know, in the college football playoff, does that reflect your rankings? No, not okay. necessarily. Uh-huh. Well, All right. Well, tell us who the final four is, and then who's going to be in the final game, and who's going to win it all, please. 
I can do that for you. Thanks. Um, I was just ranking them based off of how good I thought the teams were coming back. Got it. You know, there's, you know, I mean, Georgia Clemson, that's going to throw a wrench in a lot of different things. You know, Alabama and, and Georgia are, you know, have to have to meet in the SEC championship to, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that could happen. So um, in terms of the final ranking or the final four, the final yeah. four uh-huh. um, I think Oklahoma is going to walk through the big 12. I think they're going to win a lot of these games convincingly. And so, you know, I think they will be your number one seed coming in. I think, I think so. Um, I see uh, Georgia at number two. I think they beat Clemson, and I think they've got a favorable schedule. You know, they'll, they'll have to meet Alabama and, you know, late in the SEC championship. I, I, like, I like them winning it. So I put them in the number two seed. I think – Alabama is going to be your number three seed. I think the only game that they're going to lose um, during the regular season is to Georgia in that in that SEC championship game. I think they're going to be very convincing, and it's you know it's Nick Saban and it's Alabama. So I think you're going to have to put a second SEC team in. Um, got them as my as my third seed, mm-hmm. and the fourth seed I'm going to go with Clemson. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a traditional, you don't see anybody crashing the party then. huh? No, I, I really don't. Um, you know, Clemson, they're going to, I think they lose to Georgia week one, but I think they, they settle in and, and really start dominating um, every game after that. I, you know, I think they'll play, they'll play North Carolina and the, the ACC championship. And I, you know, I, I, I think they, they beat North Carolina and, they uh, they move themselves into into the the college football playoff. So who's uh, so so you got the the four teams? Who beats whom to get to the final game? Who are the two that are going to be the finalists? I think you got. <laughs> you're probably not going to like this answer, but I this is what I this is what I'm predicting. I, I like I got, anything you say, Matt. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I got Alabama beating Clemson. Uh huh. In the in the first in the first game, as well as uh, Georgia beating Oklahoma, um, and excuse me, did I mess that up? Yes, I did mess that up. I have I have Alabama beating Oklahoma, and then I have Ooh. Georgia beating Clemson again. And I have Georgia taking the national championship. Do you really? I do. Okay. So this is the, this is the, wow. I love it. I love it. So even though it's traditional, you know, these, these are predictable teams, Georgia. So you think Georgia's going to run the table, huh? I do. I do. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it. I think we see see a very similar team to the 2019 uh, LSU Tigers. Really? With mm-hmm. like in JT Daniels being Joe Burrows, huh? That's yep. Exactly. I love it. So what do you think? Last question. And uh, I really appreciate it. There's this, this has been great. So what do you think about the expansion of the playoffs? 
Personally, I, I, I don't like uh-huh. it. I don't like it at all. I think the first thing right off the bat that you'll see is, is, you know, I think the New York six new Year's six games are, are really fun. That's your um, next couple of games outside of the college football playoff right. that, um, you know, are big, big bowl games that you see a lot of, you know, the, the five through 15 ranked teams, you know, play it off and, you know, gives you a good, good sense for how good all, all of these conferences are and how deep they are. So, I, you know, I think those are important games. And, you know, I think with the expansion of, of the college football playoff, those will be gone. Um, and I think you're going to take all the importance out of, out of any sort of bowl game. You know, you know, there's going to be no, you know, there's going to be no incentive for these kids to want to even care about this game. You know, I think, I think what you're going to see too is I think, you know, even though there's more teams in this playoff, you're going to see the same four, four, three, four teams, you know, playing for a national championship every year. It's, it's still going to be Alabama. It's still going to be Clemson. Still going to be Georgia. Still going to be Ohio state. Still going to be Oklahoma. I, you know, I don't, I don't think you're going to see anyone crack that, that, you know, code, I guess, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these analysts are saying, you know, it's it's giving a chance for for the group of five teams, the Cincinnati's, the Coastal Carolinas, the Central Floridas of the world. You know, it it ruins their chance of, of you know not being able to prove themselves and play for a national championship. Um, let's be real; those teams aren't going to win a national championship. This isn't no. college basketball where <laughs> you know you could have a you know thirteen seed go all the way or a 16 C, you know, make it to the final. You just, it doesn't happen in college football. No, maybe, maybe you catch a, you know, a Georgia off guard and, you know, the, the first round, but you're not going to do that for, you're not going to catch, you know, these powers four straight games in a row off guard. It's just not going to happen. It's, it's pretty set and proven that the teams that, that recruit four and five star athletes at a, consistently high level are the teams that are going to play for national championships. It's been that way forever. Um, and, and this 12 team playoff isn't really going to change that. And I, I also too, I, I, you know, you know, we, we got some great matchups week one and two this year. We have Michigan, Washington, we've got Oregon, Ohio state, we got Clemson and Georgia. And, you know, let, let's, let's look at Oregon, for example, you know, Oregon needs to prove – to get into the college football playoff with four teams, Oregon needs to prove themselves. They got to go out there. They got to schedule Ohio State, and they got to beat Ohio State, or they got to be damn close, or they got to have a perfect perfect record, or they – you know. And, you know, so, so they, they have to be aggressive in scheduling and, and you know, getting marquee games right. you know, on their schedule so that they, they can prove themselves. And I, I don't think you're going to see that anymore. You know, you know, if yeah. Oregon can win, and I'm just using Oregon as an example, but you know, if they can win four games, you know, lose three or four games a year, and still walk into this this college football playoff, it takes any sort of intensity that you have um, in the regular season out of the game. Right. And you know, I think college football is, you know, the regular season is so special. And I think you're going to lose some value in that if, if you add the add the 12 teams. And 
you know, we're, we're like I said, we're, we're still going to see the same three to four teams just, just dominate. So yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I agree with you. And it's, you know, of all the major sports right now, college football's regular season matters more than any, any other team, any other sport, you know, the NBA, the NFL, um, baseball, certainly college football. I mean, these games are intense in the beginning of the year and it dictates the direction of the school. So I agree with you, Matt. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't like it whatsoever, but this, this has been terrific. Is there anything that you would like to say about college football uh, before we call this a podcast? Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, in the past day or two here, we, we found out that the NCAA has allowed um, all college athletes to make money off of their name, image and likeness. And I think that's great. I think it's it's great to see, you know, players have a little bit more power. Um, you know, the, these are the guys that are beating their bodies up on, you know, consistent basis. These are the guys that are, are putting on a show on, on, you know, Saturday afternoons and Saturday nights. And, you know, I think they should get a cut for cut of the money that they bring in. I, you know, I think that's any American who, who believes in capitalism and, and believes in, you know, some of the, the morals that we stand by as a country, should be excited and, and happy about this. Um, you know, if you're, you're an 18 year old and you know, you're, you're putting on a show every Friday and Saturday, you, you should be able to make money off of it and you should be able to, to help change your family's life or, or whatever it is. So I, I think it's a great thing. I, I don't think it's going to ruin college football whatsoever. Like a lot of people say, and um, I'm excited for the players for it. Well, listen, Matt, you know, this will be fun now that you're on record. I mean, it, you know, we're two months away from the college season, and you've made some bold predictions here. And I like the fact you're going out on a limb. I mean, Iowa State in the top ten, North Carolina in the top ten, and Georgia running the table. We'll be able to look back and say, Matt, you were a genius, or there were some problems with this pick. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Matt, thank you very much, and we'll be looking forward to having periodic updates during the season. Great. Great. Thank you for having me, Pops. I, uh, I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. See ya.